You're stupid too as I You're stupid too as I You'll never live You'll never die You're stupid too as I Welcome back to the Better Off Dead Minute Podcast The daily podcast where we analyze the movie Better Off Dead One orientable movie at a time I'm Curtis Blaze from thesacknews.com. And I'm Jason Hummel from Mondo Confidential. Today we're breaking down Minute 24, which starts with the radio hitting the ground and grinding to a halt, and ends with a cliffhanger in which we don't find out what can be derived from geometric metaphors. Jason, what exactly did we just watch? Math, Curtis. Math. (laughs) My sentiments exactly. In the last minute, we left Lane struggling to find a song on the radio that didn't remind him of his recent breakup with Beth. At the beginning of the minute, the radio finishes its flight and lands on the ground, skidding to a halt. As Neil Sedaka's song, Breaking Up Is Hard To Do, winds down as if on a record player that has been shut off suddenly. At 23 minutes and 3 seconds, we cut to the high school and we see students moving between classes. A teacher begins to speak in voiceover. At 23 minutes and 7 seconds, we cut to the interior of the classroom and discover a geometry class, and the teacher continues. Sometimes I wish the minutes worked out perfectly so that it could be scene by scene by scene. (laughs) Sometimes I wish we could just go scene by scene instead of minute by minute. The radio flying out of the car window and coming to a halt right in front of the camera, losing the knob precisely at the moment that it stops and gets in front of the camera. No such thing as CGI. That just happened. (laughs) That's the thing they just did. How many drive-bys did that take? Oh, man. Because I'm sure they nailed it on the very first time, yes? (laughs) I could imagine it bouncing several times. Okay, let's try and spot the trickery. Okay, I've reviewed the minute. Obviously, it's a trick. He drives by, he throws the radio out the window, then we cut, then then we're... at pavement level, and the radio fly, uh, slides into view. So, obviously, they just had to slide the radio into view. Yeah. And someone could have been throwing the knob beside it so that it would appear that the knob was coming off as it did it. <laughs> yeah, they could have been using, like, a cur- curling brush or whatever those things are. But perfect ending to that scene. Yeah. Perfect payoff. You'd think that the way that the song winds down as if someone had turned off the record player... At the exact moment that the stereo slides to a halt on the pavement was done on purpose for laughs. Yeah. (laughs) I guess it's time for us to examine a paltry geometric dilemma. Jason, did you do any research on this math problem? (laughs) I tried to wrap my head around it, but it just wouldn't fit. I spent all last night looking this damn thing up, and I kind of understand it. I don't know how to do the proof. Well, I could work it out if I had a couple of days. I could figure out how to do the proof. But, obviously, I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) There was no place on the internet that did the solving for you that I could find. I looked, and I looked, and I looked. The only place I could find was a gentleman who claims to have solved it, but wasn't going to give anyone the answer because he didn't want, because he wanted us to go through the same three days of hell that he did. (laughs) And I've learned that apparently this geometric dilemma, which really is more of a conundrum 
then a dilemma uh, is, is real. I, I think it's real. All the evidence points to this is a real thing that they've done here. Hmm. And I always thought it was just, let's take every math word we can and just string <laughs> it into this bizarre stream of consciousness like thing that'll just make your brain explode. Well, okay, here's what they're doing. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say this right and someone listening is probably gonna like call in and correct me or or get on the internet and anonymously correct me. But they're solving for X. They've got a triangle with five other triangles inside of it, and they're trying to find the angle of X in one of the triangles. And you have to use all of the other triangles in order to find the angle of X somehow. Now from there you have to start working it out. You have to start solving all of the other angles in all of the other triangles within the big triangle, yada, yada, yada. That's basically how this math problem works, as far as I can tell. Obviously, this wasn't science. This was Steve Savage, Savage Steve, showing us, I'm never going to get that right. I don't, know why you, I don't know why you give me that look. <laughs> never. As soon as I get in my mind that it's Savage Steve, I start saying it out loud, and I think, that's not right. Because, well, Savage does sound like a, a last name. You know, like, <laughs> it does. It's like he's related to Fred Savage or like something. Like maybe he's a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> a man of bronze. I've never seen a classroom scene before or since in which the teacher seems to hold such sway over the classroom. Yeah, they just seem wrapped. I mean, it's a great gag. It's just the best gag. Yeah, every other 80s movie with a class in it, they're all asleep. You know? They're asleep, they're flicking things at each other, they're bored. The kids in this class are just looking. I, they, they can't stop paying attention. They're laughing along. Everybody's getting the joke. It's a teacher's wet dream. <laughs> Except for Charles. Yeah, because uh, Charles is concerned about his uh, fetal pig in a jar. Yeah, he can uh, be seen uh, mouthing the words, wake up. And the next thing he says, we're not totally sure, but it looks like he's saying, hey, fetal pig. Then he says, wake up again. Well, it, it seems like there's, I don't know. See, it looks like an F to me. Hey, fetal pig. That's weird. <laughs> it does look like a pig. And he's tapping on the jar with his pen. <laughs> As if it's just sleeping. I wonder where he got it. You know, if he got it from, like, science class, he just, just like, boosted it while the teacher wasn't looking. <laughs> or if, he act, if it actually belongs to him, which that would be creepy. <laughs> Okay, the scene we didn't see. Yes. Charles DeMar in, would it be biology class that you would get a hold of a fetal pig in formaldehyde? You would think, yeah. Yeah, biology or just like a general science. You know, Every science teacher seems to have a fetal pig for some reason. Yes, so, but how did he end up with it? And in geometry class. My theory is that he boosted it from biology class wondering if you get, get high in formaldehyde. But then, when he saw the little pig in there, he just, like, instantly fell in love with it. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I have a pet now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. That works for me. But how did Mr. Kerber not notice it? Mr. Kerber seems to... Does he seem relaxed to you, or does he just seem popular? I think he's popular and relaxed. Yeah, he's, he's de definitely got, like, total confidence. I'm not going to, I'm going to blow the pronunciation of this name. You say his name. What's the actor's name? Vincent Ciavelli. I love this guy. He's, I mean, okay. I don't know why I love him because he's not really, 
an actor that's been in a bunch of movies that I love. But he was in Buckaroo Banzai. Yes, as a Red Electroid. I don't know the Red Electroid's name, though. We know he wasn't uh, John Big Bootay, because that was uh, Christopher Lloyd. Was he Smallberries? He was something in the Blade Runner video game. Did you ever play that? No. Neither did I, but I watched the long play of it, because that's the kind of geek I am. <laughs> John O'Connor. <laughs> the hope for the future. <laughs> oh, that's just John, John Connor. Connor. Gotcha. It, well, no wonder we didn't remember it, because it's like the only normal name. Right, right. It's like everyone else is like uh, John Two Jars. <laughs> they all got Native American names, sort of. <laughs> yeah. The first thing they saw. <gasps> oh, I never put that together before. Oh, anyway. <laughs> you know, because there's that one guy, there's that one black electroid that has like the feather get up around his head as he's flying the spaceship yeah. that gets shot by the hunters. Yeah. Is anyone doing the Buckaroo Bonsai Minute? Ah. I should buy that tomorrow. I should <laughs> buy that today. Yeah, man. Yeah. If we're not sick of each other, do you want to do the Buckaroo Bonsai Minute? I'd be down for that, yeah. Okay. Well, we've only got like 123 more episodes of this to go first. <laughs> Mr. Ciavelli died in 2005 of lung cancer. And still managed to star in like four or five more things afterwards. All the way up to 2010. I couldn't find any reason why that this would happen. Obviously, he was filming things upon his death. And the guy has worked, it looks like, every day of his life. Yep. Since whenever. At least the 70s. Since at least the 70s. He's got something, he's got multiple things every year. Nothing big, nothing that he's the star of, but... You know, he's a unique-looking guy. and Solid character actor. Yeah, he's just in everything. And I am absolutely guilty of calling him that one guy, you know, the one with the face. Yeah. Without ever really learning his name. And now I feel kind of bad about that, because it's 2005. Here he's been dead in the ground for 12 years. Well, I still think of him as Mr. Vargas from Fast Times. <gasps> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, what were his sort of top movies? Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Um... Yeah, Fast Times. Uh, oh, uh, uh, that Jack Nicholson flick. Yeah, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's yeah, yeah, Nest. Yeah. That's probably the first time I saw him or became aware that there was this actor. You know, his eyes are kind of like, what's that Muppet that's always stoned that <laughs> plays the... Uh, the saxophone? The saxophone. Floyd. He's like Floyd. Isn't he kind of like human Floyd? <laughs> All due respect to his loved one. I yeah. mean, there's someone out there that loved him and found him very attractive. But he kind of looked like Floyd, yes? Yeah. Very laid back look. <laughs> he could be very menacing or he could be very cool. I honestly think my first memory of him is Buckaroo Banzai. I can't remember if I saw Buckaroo or Cuckoo's Nest first. I definitely saw Buckaroo first. I was like 10 when it came out, I think, or 8. So you're right in the zone. Yeah. How disappointed when you were in the, when they didn't make Buckaroo Banzai versus the World Crime League? Oh, I was bombed. When I was in high school, I took a couple of stabs at writing the screenplay myself. Really? It sucked. It would have sucked. <laughs> but probably no worse than the real one if they would have, like, churned one out. Yeah, I was hoping for, like, a full-on comic series. Does that not exist? Are there not Buckaroo Bonsai comic books? Well. Dark Horse did nothing? IDW did nothing? Other than the the, the adaptation, hmm. as far as I know, um... I think when we get done recording here, I might go look that up, and that's how I'll spend my night waiting 
to get back to minute 25 the next day. You know, one of the surprising things I discovered when I was kind of researching this last night, he played kind of a kind of a comedic role in a James Bond flick. Yes. There was a scene where he played like a, a doctor something or other. Dr. Kaufman. Oh, okay, so you know the scene. Yeah. Heavy German accent, just like uh, Goldfinger. He like kills James Bond, Bond's girlfriend, and then he ends up getting killed. And the whole time, like his henchmen, I guess they are. I don't know how big, how much of a heavy. It's been ten years since I seen. He's this. a he's he's not the main villain, but he's like a a hitman. He'd be like a level villain, but not a boss. No, he's a boss, but not not the main villain. He's like he's like a level boss. Yeah, he's he's not Goldfinger, but he's not Odd Job either. He's like a notch or two above Odd Job. So they're trying to break into James Bond's car. <laughs> getting shocked they can't shoot it open they can't sledgehammer, sledgehammer it open, it open. <laughs> i think uh that and buckaroo bonsai probably uh my favorite scenes that he's been in and uh well the scene there, there's a moment in cuckoo's nest <laughs> where they're on the fishing boat and they're uh baiting their um hooks oh my god i have no memory of this tell me he uh he puts the hook right through the fish's eye then he's got pokes the eyeball out, and the eyeball is on his finger, and he smells it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I kind of remember that now. <laughs> That's after they escape. Well, escape. Is it escaping if they just drive out? It's I guess a, it's escaping. Yeah. They 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 go AWOL. Right there we go. I think I'm gonna watch that movie again. It's been 20 years. Really? I watch it like once a year. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't have any appointment movies anymore, except Star Wars. Well, Jason, I got uh, I got nothing else for this minute. How are you doing? You got uh, any more notes? Mm-hmm. Wait, oh, t- just to the left of Charles in that scene. Hold on, we're going back to the scene in the classroom? Yes, scene in the classroom. Okay, go ahead. Uh, is that Beth's friend? <gasps> God, I'd say yeah. Same hair? Same hair, same uh, bone structure. That would explain why they call her student in the credits. Yes. God, I never thought about that. Yeah. Has she's no... kind of she's kind of wearing the Freddy Krueger sweater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, she's wearing the Freddy Krueger sweater. And she's friends with Amanda Weiss's character. Huh. Wow. Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Well, that's it. I really am tapped now. How about you? Yes. Okay. Uh, Let's call it a day then on this one. It's been fun. Hey, uh, 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 what minute are we on? It's been simply delightful talking about minute 34. 24. 24. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. It's been that kind of podcast. Uh, Please leave us a voicemail or a text at 712-830-7373. That is 712-830-7373. And... I'm sorry, that just makes no words. There's nothing I can make there. Maybe maybe tomorrow I'll come in with some possibilities. <laughs> uh, hey, why don't you come back tomorrow on Friday? Tomorrow's Friday already. Wow. Woo! For uh, Minute 25 of the Better Off Dead Minute podcast. My name's Curtis. And I'm Jason. Good night. <laughs>